This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Free FM 89.0. Now we present Big Things Ahead, a Free FM series in which Paul Barlow tackles the big things facing Kirikiriroa Hamilton. The Three Waters reforms, representation, growth, infrastructure, iwi and youth participation in decision making, and climate change. For more episodes of Big Things Ahead, visit freefm.org.nz, Spotify or Apple Podcasts and search for Big Things Ahead. Welcome to this episode of Big Things Ahead. I'm your host Paul Barlow and we're going to be looking at some of the big issues that are facing Kirikiriroa Hamilton that are going to change the shape of the city going forward into the future. This episode, we're looking at STV versus First Pass the Post, which are two electoral systems designed to work out who you're going to have representing you around council. At the next local body election, you're going to be using an STV system, which is ranking your preferential candidates, versus the old school First Pass the Post system where you get more ticks, you win. It does seem like a bit of a complicated change, but the new system is designed to be much more preferential and hopefully will offer a lot more in terms of diversity around the council table, diversity of people as well as diversity of views. In this episode, I'm sitting down and talking to people involved in the process while also talking to campaigners around what people need to know when it comes to STV and what people can kind of forget about when it comes to STV. So I'm really hoping that you enjoy this. Now don't forget you can download this episode and a whole bunch of other ones on freefm.org.nz or wherever you get good podcasts from. And of course you can tune in live by listening through the station or to 89.0 FM. Right, let's dig into this. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, also known as Wellington, and it was enshrined into law that local governments were going to have to review their processes every few years just to make sure that they are doing the best they can to represent the people that voted them in. Now, there's a whole bunch of reviews going on at the moment and a whole bunch of decisions that have been made over the last couple of months around that particular issue. And you can learn more about it by listening to some of the other podcasts that we've done in the Big Things Ahead series, looking at electoral reform as well as looking at Māori representation. When it comes to STV, it was one of two options that councils were given that they could choose from. It was this, or first past the post, which is the system that has traditionally been used for most elections. And there's a really good reason why that has been the most traditional way of doing things, as Councillor Mark Bunting here explains. Uh, you know, I'm still a bit of a traditional old third first past the post boy, it's all I've ever known. You know, you get the most votes, you get the seat. Um you know, somehow it's not that simple anymore. So I'll be really interested to see how it goes. You know, it was, there was some really, really good information on it. But boy, it's complicated. And Councillor Bunting isn't wrong when he says that it's complicated. STV voting is actually designed to be more preferential. So who you prefer more is the person who you give your vote to. And you get to rank how much preference you give to each of the candidates. It does sound like a really messy way of doing things, but the end result is that you're going to get people who prefer some candidates over others, and this system's supposed to be a lot fairer in that respect. First past the post as an electoral system is really simple. Whoever gets the most votes wins. But that's not always exactly safest when it comes to making sure you are best representing the needs of your community. And nothing exemplifies that more than the 2016 local body election. I mean, he campaigned from a long way out and, and did more and got himself elected. Then he became the mayor by six votes. 
that somebody that Councillor Dave McPherson is talking about is Andrew King, former Mayor of Hamilton City. In 2016, he ran along with Paula Southgate and Chris Simpson for the mayoralty. And there's a really consistent belief that that was a split vote. Essentially, people who were voting for Chris or Paula were really similar ideologically. And Andrew came up through the middle. In 2019, Chris didn't run again. So those votes went elsewhere. If we sit down and have a look at a different model of preferential voting, this is kind of the same sort of outcome as you would get then. And Paula Southgate has actually gone on record stating that she believes she would have won the 2016 election if there was preferential voting in place. I asked Mark Servian, a long-time campaigner for STV, about his thoughts on those two elections and what sort of example that they set about how STV can work. Who knows what the result of that election would have been? if we had it as an STV election. But we could have been certain of the result. We could have known. Because what happened three years later, Chris wasn't around. All the people who previously supported Chris went to Paula. And Paula won. And, and Andrew actually got around about the same number of votes between the two elections. So we could reasonably con conclude that there was a block of voters that for whom that Andrew was their first choice. But clearly, a whole lot of people for whom Paula was the second choice behind Chris, when Chris was gone, then fell in behind Paula. Now, we could have saved ourselves three years and got that sorted out in one vote, rather than going through two elections to work that out. In that 2016 election, only 25% of all votes cast for the mayoralty were cast for Andrew King. So I asked Mark Serving again about how that actually happens and how that's seen as an unfair system. First past the post is not legitimate because it's not proportional because it's the, it has been the status quo, and it's still the status quo in places like Auckland. It's upon the, the, the both of us who want to change to explain the change. But actually, I think the advocates of First Past the Post need to ad explain why they think that it's okay to have a system that results in a, the wishes of a minority, basically a minority getting a majority of the representation. And the problems with that are manifold. I mean, this is the thing. First past the post is, is the simple opera. It's, it's like an all-black test. The most points you get, that's it. That's fine. That's great for an all-black test. It's not so great when the goal of your exercise is to choose representation for the whole population. That's really the crux of the argument behind changing the voting system. You had a minority of people deciding on representation for the majority of people. When you have 28 candidates running like you did in the recent Hamilton by-election, you end up splitting that vote an awful lot. And while Mark Donovan might have got in with the most votes, he didn't receive the most votes overall. He didn't have an outright majority. And it is the same with any election run under first-past-the-post with multiple candidates. It's almost impossible for that to happen. There are some ways around it. The French, for example, use a runoff system. In France, in the presidential election, they get around this problem of proportionality. You know, the idea if you have 10 candidates running for president, you might only have two or three strong candidates, but no one's going to get more than 50% on that first vote because there's 10 candidates. It's just, even if there's only two or three or four strong candidates, they're going to get spread out to such a degree that's very unlikely on the first vote. So what they do is they have an election where everyone, anyone can run for president and then a second vote where a couple of weeks later, where first and second run off against each other, right? 
What STV tries to do is to have that do that process, but in one vote. So as a simplified way of organizing preferential voting, the way that the computer algorithm calculates who it is that gets the votes, it gives it, it gives your vote kind of a weighting, to be honest. So one is the main weighting for your one main preference to get on. And then as you go down the line for your preferences, the weighting drops a little bit. And that's all designed basically to move the people from the bottom who aren't going to make it, so but that your preference still gets a say on that particular voting form. Here's how Mark Servian explained it all to me. And what it does is it, it essentially says, okay, so the person at the 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 person who's who's come last, the person who's come last on the first preference on the number one votes, they're not going to win. Okay, so we'll take them out. So all this, so then you give, so then you say, so what are the people who voted for the person who came last? Who's their second choice? And then you allocate their vote proportionally. You don't give it the same weight. You, Let's say if you're talking about increments of, say, out of a 10, you might, if, you know, an easy way to describe it would be if there were five candidates, then you take the first one out, essentially a, a, the second the second preference has about a 0.8 rating, right? And you run that process until you've, until you've got a, you, in, in simple preferential voting, you just run that process until you've only got one person left. So while the system may seem a little complicated, You've actually come across how STV works before, and you might not even have realized it. Every DHB election is done under STV, so you automatically know how that one works if you've voted in those elections. The voter turnout in those elections are not great, but the principle's still the same. You rank the candidates, and those rankings give you preference for who goes around the table at the DHB when you have DHB elections, because currently there isn't one happening within the Waikato region. The other place that you may have come across it before was the $26 million flag referendum that John Key ran a few years ago. The flag referendum was done as an STV vote, and that actually, that is an example, pops up quite often in the conversations that I've been having. It's quite fascinating to see how people react to that particular voting method in that particular argument. Oh, I don't know, like, the, like I think the last time I saw an STV thing in action was the flag, if you remember, and it was the second choice that got put up as the first choice and then got voted down. And um, so I think if the first choice had got up, you know, the red, white and blue one, it might have been a whole different scrap. But and to me, that just doesn't seem right or fair. But hey, I'm, I'm look, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's the community system. So, you know, it'll be what it'll be. That flag referendum was, according to many experts, done the wrong way around. And it was a bit of a convoluted mess to begin with. Initially, New Zealanders were given the choice of four flags to rank, but after a petition signed by 500,000 Kiwis was presented to Parliament, a fifth option was given as well, which was the red, white and blue option that Mark mentioned in there before. It's called Red Peak. That went out to the public, and the public ranked which ones they wanted to, which flag they preferred. The winner of that preferential vote was then put to a second vote by the public, where they had to choose whether they stuck with the original flag or whether or not they went with the new option. It should have been done the other way around. According to Mark Servian, that way of saying, do you want change? Here are your options for change, is a much better way of organising things. And he's got some great real-world examples of how things would be different or could have been different if that system had been changed up a little bit. By the way, would have been a great way to run the flag referendum. You have a one vote 
around do we want change and if there's going to be change what's going to run against the status quo and then a binding referendum against that again the situation in america with uh with trump and the electoral college is first past the vote first past the post on steroids brexit may or may not have happened with proportional representation but certainly the way it was stuffed up subsequently and the disproportionate power that the tories have had in britain for the last 30 years are all a function of first past the post not being democracy. If Brexit had been done the way that we did proportional representation, they wouldn't have got themselves into that problem because they would have asked the first question, is change wanted? Or what kind of Brexit do you want? Rather than getting into the argument afterwards about what kind of Brexit it's going to be. All right, so, so far, I've tried to give you a rundown as to how STV works, which, as I've said before, is a little bit on the complicated side of things, and tried to give you a rundown as to what STV outcomes can be like compared to what we're used to with first past the post. Um, and I know it still sounds complicated. And to be honest, the best way I could explain how to get around that fear of being overly complicated is something that Mark said. So I'll let Mark say it because he was the one that said it. But it, it's ultimately a valuable insight that I think we often forget about these things. To a degree, the mechanisms that drive it are difficult to understand if you aren't familiar with it. But then you don't understand the algorithm that's controlling your Facebook feed or perhaps the interest rate that's controlling your mortgage or your rent. Um, or for that matter, do you know how the internal combustion engine in your car works? You still drive it. You know how to drive it. You don't need to know how to drive a car, how a car works to be able to drive it. So now SCV has been accepted as the new voting system for at least the next two local body council elections. What are some of the changes that can be promised? Greater diversity is often touted as the ultimate outcome of preferential voting. But as Hamilton's Deputy Mayor Jeff Taylor says, we have to be very careful of the potential of marginalising one particular community in favour of another. In his case, he's talking about middle-aged white males. And there's an argument definitely for there being an over-representation of them throughout history, making decisions on behalf of people. In over 140 years' worth of history for Hamilton City Council, the vast majority of those councillors have been middle-aged white males. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's not what you're going to get for the next election. And there's examples on both sides here, where that's exactly the outcome that you get under STV, but for a very good reason. Ultimately, the voters vote the way they want. If everybody wants to vote for white, white men, then actually that will be the result. So, I mean, what we can be sure of is because STV is actually democratic, is if, if everybody wants only white men in council, then that is a legitimate result. No council exemplifies the potential of that outcome more than Tauranga City Council. 2019, they ran an STV election, and the majority of people who were voted on at that time, middle-aged white males, which, you know, if that's what people want to vote for, that's what they got. The big problem with Tauranga, though, was that their council did not like each other, and it ended up being replaced by a bunch of commissioners in early 2021. The four commissioners who have taken over are essentially there to make sure that the city council can keep doing what it needs to do. Tauranga got into the unfortunate position where they had reached their debt ceiling and couldn't actually afford to keep doing what they were doing. There was petty infighting amongst everybody that was there because they all held really similar views. And that's partly because the voting base around Tauranga is generally older and whiter 
and very focused on similar problems and issues that they want to have corrected, but the people that they've voted in clash over how to fix those particular issues. There was literally a text chain around all of the councillors calling each other names, like it was an abysmal mess. And that was gotten into by STV, by using a proportional system for the first time. In 2022, when the next local body elections go ahead, that voting system will still be in place. But Anne Tolley, who is the Chief Commissioner for Tauranga at the moment, is actively out there encouraging people to get out there and do what they can to stand up and make sure that the people that are governing that city are people who are doing it for the right reason and can work with everybody else. Because working with others is a key proponent to how you get out there and you campaign under STV. You're no longer campaigning for a single vote. You're campaigning to be everyone's top preference. But not everybody's ideologies are going to map directly onto their candidates. And that's where preferential voting comes in really handy. You might turn around and say, I like Joe Bloggs ideas, most of them, but I don't agree on this one thing. He's my number one preference. I like Mary Smith's ideas. She's pretty good, not as much as Joe Bloggs, but Mary Smith is pretty good, so she's my second preference. Having that sort of ideological mapping is what gives you better variety in terms of the councillors that you're looking at. And the place that's really good to show off in terms of what you can get out of it is actually Dunedin City Council. Not only were the two lead contenders there for the mayoralty polar opposites in terms of what they offered ideologically, the outcome was actually decided based on second preference votes. So initially people voted for one person as their top preference, but their second preference was what ended up piping it because people lower down the list, their votes were redistributed. But in the last election in Dunedin, STV election there, Aaron Hawkins got in. Um, Lee Vandivis was the was the other major candidate. Now, Lee, both of them have been on council for a while. Lee Vandivis, the sense I get was he was kind of a Gary Mallet character. He... I don't think he was quite out on a limb on some of the kind of identity issues. I don't know him well enough to say, but I'm not in Dunedin. But my sense was that he was a person who some people really, really liked him and the people who didn't like him really didn't like him, right? Um, and that process kind of drives itself after a while. The fact that those people over there who aren't like me like that person makes me dislike them more and vice versa. Now, Aaron, as I understand it, on first preferences, Lee Vandivis won, came first in the first preference vote. But then by the time the second preferences came in, Aaron Hawkins won by quite a margin because all the people who didn't vote, the majority of people did not want Lee Vandivis to be the, the mayor. But they couldn't agree on the first preference as to who the, who the other option was. But as soon as they got past their first choice, they all coalesced around Aaron. And Aaron won the election as a result. Um, From a practical point of view as well, STV is a system that's going to change the way that candidates campaign for your vote. Because STV is a system where you can strategically vote against a candidate instead of just not voting for them at all. If you rank your candidates lower down in your preference or right at the bottom of your preferences, that has more weight than not voting for them at all under first past the post, which means that the way that candidates have to go out and actually campaign in the next election is completely different. They have to show that they're much more middle ground, that they're much more able to work with everybody, because if you alienate any group of voters out there, you run the risk of being campaigned against. 
A great real-world example of this is the 2012 Scottish local body elections. The entire country at that time was running their second STV election campaign. It was also the first campaign that they had for local body elections that wasn't tied into a national campaign at the same time. In that particular election, over 100 seats were flipped towards the SNP, the Scottish National Party. And that was because they went out and they campaigned for people to vote for them as their top preference, but also campaigned against other parties who tended to be more isolationist, like the Conservatives and UKIP, parties that are known to be a little bit more divisive in how they go about campaigning and their election promises. Now, the Conservatives in the UK have for a very long time been the majority party. They tend to have a bit of an unfair advantage in that respect because their systems aren't proportional, but their people who go out and vote tend to go out and vote in higher numbers. The change to a proportional voting system for Scotland saw a massive shift towards Scottish national independence movements and people who are there specifically to fight for the rights of Scotland as opposed to rights of people to be part of the United Kingdom. And in Scotland, that is a very big issue. It's also very divisive. So looking at that particular election and seeing how single transferable votes let people go out there and campaign as a unifying force while also campaigning against people that weren't a unifying force yielded results that for Scotland were vastly different to what they were expecting. The next general election saw a massive increase in people voting for the SNP as well because of the work that they'd been able to see them do at a local level. The changes were huge, absolutely massive, and that all came down to people's preference. Instead of being able to win by having the most votes, people had to be able to prove that they were able to work with everyone and that what they had to offer was preferable to everybody else. For some candidates, a change to be more inclusive and more diverse in the way that they presented with problems and how they interact with people or how they go out and campaign is actually going to be a bit of a challenge. And it's not that it's a bad thing that they haven't risen to the challenge or that they don't know yet how to rise to the challenge is that this is a change of systems and that takes a lot to learn for some people. Here's an example of when I was talking to Councillor Mark Bunting about this who initially voted against changing and wanted to put the, the first past the post versus STV out to a referendum before changing his vote uh, to go with STV when a referendum was taken off the table. So I, I was trying to explain to him that STV means that there's still a very good possibility of him getting in um, if people vote for him, if they rank him within the first couple of options. And this is what actually happened with that particular conversation. But if I got, for example, uh, everyone's second choice, you know, so they liked, um, I don't know, Kesh as their number one choice, um, and people were saying, I just want Kesh as number one, that's it. I don't get anything, do I? So, oh, because I was the next in line, right. <laughs> That reminds me of the Ernie and Bert sketch where they were trying to drink down the drink and it just kept getting lower and lower. But okay. Now At this point, the only thing that's actually really known about how an STV system is going to work in Kitty Kitty Hamilton is that sign writing companies are going to be sitting there licking their lips a little bit because you're going to have to change all of your signs from having big ticks on them to having number rankings next to them. We're about a year out now from the next local body election. In fact, less than a year. It, it should be October next year. And it's really kind of frightening to think that at this point, we have maybe one candidate announced 
there's an assumption that a lot of people are going to be running for certain roles, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's locked in. And there's always people who change their mind last minute, and there's always a whole bunch of people who go out there and do what they can to try and work out whether or not they should be running for an election. What STV is going to provide for voters of Hamilton, though, is a chance to go out there and show how much change they actually want, how well they think they are represented on that city council. At the same time, your biggest uphill battle is going to be the same one that it is for every local body election. And that's getting people out there to vote. STV doesn't promise a way of getting more people out there voting. It sort of teases it, though, as a preferential system in that... Uh, you know, if people feel they're more likely to get their preference on there, they're more likely to go out and vote. Or if people feel like they can be seen on that council or represented, they're more likely to be invested in making sure that they have their say. But voters are fickle. And when it comes to voting, the big golden rule is really simple. If you can't see it having an effect on you, then you don't see a point in going out and voting. Now, there will be some big election issues, like the Three Waters reform, for example. And if you have a listen to our Three Waters reform episodes, because you've got two of them, you'll get a sense there as to exactly how big a political issue that is at a local level. And that might drive people out to vote, but STV doesn't guarantee that. In fact, you're probably more likely to get about the same number of people voting that you do normally, which is usually between 30 and 35% of an entire city's population. And at the moment, that entire city's population is being represented by a minority of people. 8,000 votes to get Andrew King in in a city of 164,000 is not proportional in any way. So no matter how you look at it, the current system doesn't work for fair representation. If you have a minority of people voting at the same time, the minority of those people are picking who actually wins, it's not a proportional system whatsoever. And the majority of people who are going out there not voting are probably having a bigger impact on the outcome than people realise. It is important to get out there and vote, no matter what happens, and no matter what system that you use. But a preferential voting system means you are far more likely to get people around that council table, or whatever organisation that's using it, who are going to represent at least some of the views that you want to have represented around that particular table. Now, whether or not this is going to see large-scale change on who's there, if we're going to see a very different ethnic makeup, gender makeup, um, other kinds of groups up there who have other perspectives to bring to the way that Hamilton City Council moves forward in the future, that's yet to be seen. And there's definitely examples saying that it could work or it won't work, but all of those examples boil down to the same really basic fact. And it's the, one of the two really basic facts that you need to remember when it comes to this particular voting system and all of the changes that it's bringing. The first one, though, and the most important one is, if you don't get out there and vote and don't have your say, you are never going to be represented around that council table. The other one that's really easy to remember, though, is that instead of picking six, you're ranking your choices. And you could rank one, you could rank 28, you could rank however many people are running. You have that power to be able to choose who goes in and who doesn't, a lot more than you do under the first-past-the-post system. So it's really essential that you do your research. And don't worry, the candidates will start putting out information sometime over the next couple of months, probably, about why they're running and trying to prove to you that they're worth keeping in that role or putting in that role. And for that, they need to show you that they can work across the board, that they can work with all types of people, and that they can represent a 
huge range of viewpoints. And that's down to you to decide as to whether or not that's something that you feel represents who you are. So make sure you go out and vote and make sure that you learn how to count. That's all you need to do to make the next election much more successful for everybody. All right, that's me. That's Undone. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to listen to our other episodes on freefm.org.nz. And until next time, I will catch you later. For more episodes of Big Things Ahead, visit freefm.org.nz, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Big Things Ahead is a Free FM podcast. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.